Welcome to Kingdom Insight. This is your evangelist, evangelist Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program will bring you life-changing either testimonies or the Word of God. I am excited with the Word of God because the Word of God changed my life and transformed who I was before. And now, you know, we live in the excitement of the presence of God. On this week's program, I bring you a man of God. Man of God, and I want you to hear his testimony. You know, get your friends, get your brothers, cousins, or whoever you can get in that you know room and sit on that television set and hear about the power of transformation. How the Lord transformed my guest, Milan Posednik. You got to understand, first of all, his background. His background, he was born in uh, Czechoslovakia. I don't know if I said that one right. He will say it right. Czechoslovakia, um, yes. Czechoslovakia. Now, he's going to tell us about his life growing up under communism, uh, very difficult circumstances. Uh, growing up without God, without knowing God, and how he knew God, and how God transformed his life. He's going to give us a quick background, because when you look at, uh, you know, uh, what he went through, like in 1968, Russia, when, when Russia invaded Czech, he was in that part of the world. And you will also hear about his passion for motorcycles. He is a man who had a passion for something else. And when he encountered the presence of God, his passion for motorcycle was transformed to the passion for Jesus Christ and to share the word of God. Brother Milan, welcome to this program. I'm so excited to have you on this program. Good morning. Thank you, uh, Dr. Kazumba. Thank you for inviting me. This is a privilege to be here. And um, yes, I would like to um, share with others, you know, to see what happened in my life, you know. I'm sure I'm not the only one who went through troubles. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, this uh, short story might perhaps encourage many. Amen. That's why I'm here today. Amen. You know, every testimony brings motivation, brings life to other people, and it points to God. And that's what you are about to hear. Brother Milan, tell us, first of all, life under communism, and uh, when you came to Canada, your passion for motorcycle and everything that you went through being in the refugee camp for many years and uh, today. Go right ahead and tell our viewers. All right, so I was born in um, 1961. It seems to be a while ago, but yes. uh, you know, and, uh, I was uh, born in the family of, uh, my, my, my dad was a welder. You know, he had a trade and he was, he was a welder. And um, my mom, she was a store clerk and I was born under communism. I didn't know any different. Uh, I didn't know any different, um, um, you know, what communism meant. Simply I was born there and I was raised there. And that's all you know, because that's where you're born. You cannot compare nothing. You don't understand. And, uh, you know, as a, as a child, uh, I thought things were pretty good, you know, like we perhaps didn't have things what others did, you know, we didn't have a vehicle, uh, we didn't have a motorcycle, we didn't have a, when I was young, a house, you know, we li lived in a little tiny apartment and, 
you know, we were happy. We had a running cold water, you know, if you needed to warm it up to take a bath, you know, you put it on the stove, set yeah. the fire, you know, you heated it up and the whole family took a, a kind of bath in one tub, you know, wow. one after the other, I mean, you know, and, and that, that's how we lived, okay, yes. that's how it was, that's how the life was. And um, growing up, I had my older brother and uh, then, of course, uh, my younger brother got uh, born uh, some few years later, which my mom told me later that uh, that was unplanned. Uh, she says that's a blessing from God, you know. And uh, so anyhow, um, what was happening, um, you know, as I was growing up and going to school and so on, I hit the age about uh, seven, and I can still very clearly remember, um, you mentioned that here, Russian invasion in 1968, and, uh, you know, I see the term, oh, what's happening in the, in the world, you know, uh, countries and governments coming up and falling down, you know, and politicians famous, and the next day they go down, and I saw what happened under communism, you know, when 1968, 67, 68, uh, um, Czechs tried to, in a way, separate from the ruling of the Russia, mm -hmm. because for years we were under communism, under, under, under Soviet Union, yes. everybody can, or some people can uh, recall it, and um, what had happened that um, Czechs wanted to separate, and Russia basically said, ain't gonna happen, mm -hmm. you are not gonna separate. Yeah. And I saw, you know, when I was little, helicopters flying and they were throwing papers and everybody was reading it in the streets. And suddenly one day, my mom came home and she gathered all three of us brothers and she hugged us and she was crying and she said, it's going to be a war. You know? I still remember that. She was so scared because she was born in World War II. And I heard a lot of stories about wars, and my mom was scared it's going to be a war. And within one day or a couple of days, yeah. Russians completely seized power in that country and took over. Yeah. You see, and I tell people, you think you live in free country, you think you have the freedom here. Yeah. You know, just think about it. It might not be here forever. Yeah. You see, yeah. I have seen it yeah. when things can change in no time. Yeah. But thank God, at that time, uh, the war did not happen. There wasn't massive killing, nothing. I remember I came out of, the, out of the apartment where we lived and there was a Russian tanks in the streets and soldiers were speaking different language I couldn't understand, you know, and that was the invasion of 1968. Uh, many people escaped that country. I was too little to understand or to go anywhere at the yes. time. I was only seven years old and that's my uh, memories of that time. And um, so that was about that uh, invasion. Now, uh, as I was growing up, uh, for whatever the reason, you know, the passion of motorcycles yes. started uh, surfacing in my heart. And uh, I don't know where it came from, uh, because my dad did not ride a motorcycle. And, uh, but my, both of my grandpas, they had a little, you know, just the 50cc uh, scooters. And uh, I had just such a passion to always, to not only touch them, but to, uh, if they took me for a spin, you know, I was just so excited. And I, as I was getting an age about eight or 10, you know, my grandma, one of my grandmas allowed me to, uh, when grandpa was in the hospital, she allowed me to kind of take it out, you know, through the, you know, back roads. And, you know, that I was just like, yeah, I was just alive, you know, it was just uh, going on them gravelly roads, it was just so absolutely exciting. There was just something in my heart I didn't understand at that time, you know. 
And so that's, I believe, that's how it kind of a um, little bit started in my life mm -hmm. when it comes to a, a motorcycle. Yeah, and then at the age of 12, uh, American movie. In yeah, Czech. that was not so common, you know, that uh, what happened that um, uh, I was about age 12 and my best friend, his name was Václav, uh, he said to me, he said, um, there's a movie in our little town, about 4,000 people. He says, there's a movie in the movie theater, and it's an American movie, and it's called The Electroglide in Blue. Well, I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't know what it was about, but he said, it's an American movie, and, um, you know, maybe we should go. Eh? So me and my buddy went to the movie theater, and, you know, it was with the subtitles, you know, uh, it was in English language, it was an American movie, and, and it was about something I didn't understand at the time, about the hippie movement in North America and in the world, and, and about the drugs and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, I didn't understand that. But the movie addressed some of these uh, issues what America was facing at the time. And um, the, the thing what I clearly remember from that movie was that, uh, uh, part of it was that, uh, you know, the state troop, the, um, the motorcycle police guy, you know, someplace in Nevada or Arizona had parked motorcycle on the side of the road. The bad guys were driving and he decided that he's going to catch them, you know, stop them, you know, check them out, you know. And uh, they did very good um, uh, camera work, you know. The, he just put his helmet on, he strapped it, he put glasses and he had a nice badges, you know, and, and then he walks up to the motorcycle and they show the chrome and everything, you know, I'm watching it, I'm sitting in the front seat in the theater because that was the cheapest seats, you know, and, and I'm watching it, the screen was a few feet away from me and, and uh, all of a sudden he hits the electric start and I hear the sound of the, the rumble of the engine of Harley-Davidson motorcycle and it's like my blood started boiling and, and my hair stood up on my arms and I pointed it to the screen and I said, I'm going to have that. So that's the influence of the movies, influence of the movies. I want you to understand here, you know, what we watch and what we hear, that's what we become. So he watches this movie and now he's going to go out for it. He wants now to be a biker. His passion desires that. Just the same way, by the time you are finished listening to the word of God here, your passion will change. Your passion will tend to the word of God. And that's our desire here now. I want you to tell us, we're going to come back there. You have now the passion for the motorcycle. But now let's talk about briefly life under the Communist Party. Life under the Communist Party, I learned that when I was young, I didn't understand, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. right? But as I was growing, um, you know, older and, you know, your mind start functioning, you know, you start thinking as a, you know, young adult and uh, teenager and so on. And, you know, I, when I was 17 years old, that's when I purchased my first Harley Davidson. And I, I discovered that, um, you know, when I pointed my finger onto the screen a uh, few years before that, I, I discovered that living under communism, I can never have that. Yes. I couldn't understand that. The passion was so, so burning in my heart, and I, and I was told by people living in that country, when I asked, uh, and my parents included, you, you cannot have that. And I just couldn't settle for that. I just couldn't understand. 
And then as I was taking my apprenticeship, uh, you know, um, there was an older man working in the warehouse and he says, well, when Americans and Canadians came to liberate in, uh, in 1945 Europe, you know, from Nazis, they left all their army surplus behind. And he said that uh, some of the old uh, Harley-Davidson motorcycles and old Jeeps, army vehicles, you know, they were left behind and they still exist in the country. Well, that my passion started growing deeper again, you know, and I started looking for it, right? So at age 17, I purchased my first Harley-Davidson, and it was a, it's funny, it was a Canadian version of Harley-Davidson from World War II. And yet I didn't know nothing about Canada at the time, you at see? At time you didn't know and, as I was searching for the parts and I needed to fix it because it all fell apart, you know, and, and because it was so old, um, I discovered that I couldn't get out of the country. I couldn't get the parts. Mm -hmm. I discovered that I, in Austria, which is, uh, you know, like hour away, hour and a half away, uh, you can get it, but I, I couldn't go there. So I, under the communist party, Yes. You couldn't leave your own country. You could not leave. So you were trapped inside. You were trapped inside. You were completely sealed in behind. That was the Cold War. You see, it was the, there was the Western life and there was lifestyle or the, the, the democratic system, I would call. Uh, there was under the Cold War, then you had the Eastern Europe and Russia. Right, and the communism. As, we, as we're talking about that, at this point, you don't know the Lord. You don't know Jesus. You're now going to pursue motorcycle as your passion. Well, tell you honestly that, uh, you know, I, my grandma took us to church a few times, perhaps my mom also, but, um, you know, it was sort of the traditional European church, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I, there, I just couldn't understand it. You know, some of it was spoken in Latin, you know, and, and, um, and there was nothing for children, you know, um, so I, I, I went out of obligation as a child, yeah. but I liked when my grandma took me for ice cream after. Yes, that's kind of why I went, you know, that's kind of why I went to the church. So I'm going to go to the church <laughs> and then grandma is going to take me out for ice cream. So then that I'm was kind of, that church. balanced it out, you know. Um, yeah. Yes. Now here is the thing. Okay. Now we get to the part where now you desire to leave the country. You are heading to the borders. What happens? Well, before I will, I will just take a one little step, uh, uh, you know, back mm -hmm. to explain. Mm -hmm. uh, first, I, I, I needed to get parts. I yes. couldn't, right? Age 17, you know, and then all of a sudden, quickly, I realized that uh, even so I had started manufacturing them and so on, I was, God gave me a gift, just inside how to do things. Mm -hmm. And wonderful people helped me with it also, you know, yeah. got to give credit to them. However, uh, after three years, the motorcycle was done. But in the meantime, I realized that the system was holding me inside and I could not get out. I like that. And, I and like that. Keep that thought. The system, listen to this very carefully. The system was holding him inside, trapped. Now, there are so many systems of the world that may be trapping you. The system of failure, the system of fear, the system of uh, you know, unforgiveness, for example, or the system of sin trapping you inside and you can't get out to go to where God is. Now, the system is trapped you inside. You know how I explain it, brother, mm -hmm. to, to, to people? Mm -hmm. It's like living in the glass cube you can see life around outside, but you cannot get out. You see? You in the glass tube, you see the world outside of you, but you cannot get out. It's a horrible feeling. And 
craving started growing in my heart to get out of that country. I needed to get out. I needed to get out. You understand? But it was also the passion of Harley-Davidson. I have to have the one what I saw in, at age 12 in that movie theater, that blue electroglide. Yes. I had to have it. Yes. And the combination of these two just just, just I, I, at, at nights, I remember I couldn't sleep, and that's what, all what I was consumed with, that's what I was thinking, and I used to think, I would give anything, anything, I, will, I was even thinking, even if I would lose finger or two, I, I'll do it, I just, I just need to get out, it might sound crazy, brother, but to understand, to, to get out of system what completely controls you, where you cannot speak what's on your mind, you see? That's communism. Communism was dictatorship. People ask me what was communism, you know, it was good and bad. There was good things, mm -hmm. some social good things. I'm not saying, mm -hmm. but besides all that, when you cannot go and speak the truth, mm -hmm. you're under dictatorship. Yes, that's true. All right. Uh -huh. And so what happened, uh, <clears throat> I started applying. I wanted to get out, you know, I wanted to get out, you know. First, I wanted to get out to just get the parts. Yeah. Well, it wasn't working. Yeah. The system was so set up that, that really average person cannot get out. It was impossible yes. for average person to cross legally the border and come back. Yeah. Okay, it was just it was just not possible because they were scared that people will stay out, out. and that was negative publicity for them. You mm -hmm. see, so yeah. especially young people like I was young, especially uh, not married without children. You know, they didn't want people leaving because they usually, uh, when they had a chance, they, they stayed. Um, and so I, I applied, I applied over and over until I realized that it is impossible. This monster was controlling all this. Um, it is just impossible to get out mm -hmm. for me, and so. I, I, I started watching it and I realized some of the communist members uh -huh. got approved. Yeah. Approvals, you yeah. see. And then at about age 20 or 21, I realized the only way I can get out, yeah. only way to beat them, to join them. Yeah. You, join, you have to join them. I am going to say, I'm going to confess here to everybody, yes. I did join Communist Party, but only for one reason. Yeah. Not for the belief what they believed in. I was absolutely against it. Yes. The only reason I, 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 I joined Communist Party mm -hmm. so I can get everything in place so I can get out of that country. And so it took about a year or two mm -hmm. and I got things approved. Now to, to explain just quickly mm -hmm. what approvals you needed. Mm -hmm. First of all, at work from your supervisor mm -hmm. and for your, your manager. Mm -hmm. Then you needed approval from the Communist Party at work. If you were a member or not, you needed their uh, blessing, their yes. blessing, you know, communist yes. blessing, you know, approval. Then you needed approval from the communist party where you lived, mm -hmm. so they knew you. Yeah. Then you needed approval for the local police station. Wow. Then you needed approval from the, from the, from the provincial secret police. Wow. They needed to approve you. Then you needed approval to apply for passport and get passport. Then you needed approval to get money changed for the hard currency because under communism, they did not exchange in the bank for you. Just you go here, you change for any currency you want. Mm -hmm. No way, man. Yeah. You have to apply. Every year they changed that form and they only gave you one week to apply. They published the form. You had to drive to the city, pick up the form, and within one week, you have to bring the application in. Guess what? The Communist Party, what needed to sign, that only met once a month. Wow. They had it set up, so it was for normal people, impossible. Yeah. So people got discouraged and dropped it. Mm -hmm. You see? But for me, I couldn't drop it. Yeah, for me, there was something I needed, I needed to get out. Yes. I just needed to get out. I couldn't explain it. Mm -hmm. You see? And so that's what happened. So, um, you know, I, I, I never seen God in it. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand God. I didn't believe in God. Uh -huh. 
I believed in freedom. I yes. believed in Western lifestyle. I believed in motorcycle lifestyle. You see, that's what I believed in. I thought that that's what was the freedom. That's what was driving me out of communism. And that was driving your passion to get out. But as you're going to listen, as you're going to hear him share this, all these, like the Bible says, all things works for good for the good of those who love God. God is going to channel now that passion he had for motorcycle, the passion of getting out to the you know out of the communist party, and 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 God is going to use it for His own glory. Because uh, later on, Brother Milan is going to encounter the presence of God and life changes. But before we go to that, we got some parts on that. But here's the thing. I want us to tell us, now you are heading to the borders. What happens? I'll tell you about the, about the borders. And, um, you know, um, so me and my brother parked up. It was an end of the day. Uh, me and my young brother, I was 22. He was 18 years old. And we parked up. We had our Harley Davidson motorcycle with all the stuff um, parked up and so on, heading for the border, saying goodbyes to my mom. I stopped by work where my mom worked, you know, and... and um, I said goodbyes, and she says, so you're going to be back in four days, huh? because that's what was my limit. I, oh, they only approved me. I asked for a week. They only gave me four days, mm -hmm. and to my brother. And I, I told her, yeah, but I lied to my mom, you see. I lied to my mom because I knew I'm not coming back, you see. And so anyhow, at the border, you have to understand, under Cold War, uh, there was armored vehicles, there was machine guns, there was soldiers, there was dogs, you know, they see, this was real. This Cold War thing was very, very real. We were always told that the Western world is going to invade and it's going to attack us, you know, and you guys were told that the Russians going to come here and attack you, you know, and that's how it was at the yeah. time. So anyway, at the border was the scariest moment of my life when, uh, when um, you know, we got to the border and um, they only allowed the one vehicle at a time. And so it was me and my brother on the motorcycle, you know, we went down the hill one kilometer. We stopped in the front of the border um, guard's house and the Czechs, uh, Czechoslovakian side. And the older gentleman came out. He must have been in his 60s before retirement. And, you know, he asked for the paperwork. So we gave him the paper. He disappeared. He disappeared. And we're standing there outside in the open parking lot, you see. and and. And the fear and the thoughts, because I know under communism they had full control. Yes. He could come out any moment yeah. and say, I'm ripping your passports, we're taking your passports, you're done, you're going back. Yeah. With no explanation, yeah. you had no legal somebody to stand behind you as a lawyer to fight for any kind of rights. You had no rights. Mm -hmm. One phone call from somebody just saying they think you were thinking about skipping mm -hmm. the country. That's all they needed, an anonymous phone call or any, any, any information that you possibly don't want to, or you sold off your stuff before you left, you sold, sold your furniture or something, and that's all they needed, and they would, they would not allow you out. They will take your passport away, and you're done. And so what happened, um, he finally came out. I would, it was almost like uh, all my life I was standing there, I was so, so scared, it took so long. And what we found later, that they were watching people through the mirrored glass and watching how they were behaving in the parking lot because they could read you. I didn't understand none of that, right? So obviously we must have passed. He came out and he gave us the paperwork and he says, you can go. And I couldn't understand when he says, you can go. Yeah. You, you see, I waited for years for this moment, and, yeah. and all of a sudden, this, this guy says to me, well, here's your passport, you, you can go. Wow. 
And and I, I just I I I couldn't I almost almost broke down. I I I couldn't understand that. I couldn't receive it. And so I, I jump start the motorcycle, me and my brother sits on it, and then the big gate, you know, anti-tank gate opens up, you see, and we start driving from the communism, you know, we're crossing the gate, but there's one kilometer zone between two countries. We were going to Austria. Yeah. And what started happening, we start going down the hill and I could see the distance, a yellow line across the road. That was the middle between the two countries. And as I'm getting closer and closer to it, I'm so scared, and the little voice spoke to me. Little voice spoke to me. and said, look in the mirror. Look behind you. And I was so scared that I, I was riding the motorcycle, I couldn't even move my eyes like this to look in that mirror. That's how much fear. I was so fearful. Because there were so many cases where they went after people, even into that neutral zone. And as I was getting closer and closer, the voice spoke to me second time. I didn't look. I was scared. I was scared. I couldn't move my eyes. And the third time, the voice was firm and said, look into that mirror. I look into the mirror and there was nobody behind me. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. There was nobody behind me. You, you don't understand. That, it's just, I, I cannot explain. And so we cross the border. We come to the other side, you know, and that was Austria. You see, and there was a border house too, you see. It was a little one, just a small one, you know, like a small little trailer. And it was no anti-tank gate. There was just a, like a two-by-four, you know. Everybody knows what two-by-four is. It was open. And, you know, we're still so full of fear, you know, me and my brother. So we got them with passports to get the stamps, you know, we're supposed to get and so on. And guess what? The two border guards sitting inside, because it's a region where they make wine and grow grapes, they were drunk. And they were just laughing and they didn't care. So we go from communism where it was military. Yes. Five minutes Punch ago. Yeah. And we come to the other side where the gate was open uh -huh. and it's just like nothing is going on. And I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand that. And nothing is going on. There's no control. There's no manipulation. Uh, listen, uh, I think this, you know, this segment, we're going to call it getting out of traps life's traps you know life can trap you he was trapped in his own country he was trapped in the communist party he couldn't leave the country but listen to this when you have that freedom now you've left what controlled you you enter into another zone where there is no control people have the freedom but what's happening again in that freedom tell us now you are now in this country and then you go to the refugee camp quickly as we wrap up the program yeah just uh, what happened that uh, we, we visited some relatives we had some very distant relatives mm -hmm. we stayed at their place for a few days but after a few days we told them that we are not going back home and that's when we kind of separated uh, and um, we ended up um, you know God used my brother eh? mm -hmm. You know, the funny thing is you can be strong for years. Yes. And then one day you have weak point, And I think that happens to every one of us in, in our lives, you see. Mm -hmm. And the day before we made that decision that we're going to check in with the police department in Vienna, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I found myself at weak point. Mm -hmm. And I was questioning this whole thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was almost going to go home. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my brother about it. What are we going to do now? And my brother says, well, we finally got out. Let's go for it. And that's all I needed to hear. You see, yes. I found myself after so many years of so focusing on the goal, all of a sudden experiencing being there, but all of a sudden finding myself at the weak point yeah. to almost go home.
to almost quit. And I can say that God used my brother at that time, mm -hmm. so I didn't bail out and I didn't go back. Here is an interesting story. We, 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 we're going to move into the next segment. Uh, I know you want to hear what happens now. So he has come out of the most difficult uh, you know, life situation, trapped in his own country. Now they've run to the borders. They are in a free country. What next? What next? Can the passion for motorcycles satisfy him throughout or is he going to encounter the presence of God that is going to change the outlook of his life? You know, in life you can get trapped. There are so many things that can trap you and I understand you may be going through certain things that have trapped you over, over the years. Now you got to understand you can come out of that trap and run somewhere but until you run to God, the trap will always pursue you. And that's where this all encounter with, uh, you know, Brother Milan, the encounter with the presence of God going to lead us. We will come back to, with the next uh, segment here. But I want to, I don't want to leave you without giving you an opportunity uh, to give your life to the Lord. Quickly just say these words, dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I want you to change me and transform me in Jesus' name. I want to hear from you. I want you to, to send us an email, life at kazumbachows.com. You see it on your screen, as well as uh, go to our website, you know, crasspassion.org, or the HSBN website, the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. Listen to this. Your life is about to change as you continue to listen to this program. Shalom, shalom, and may the Lord bless you. I hope you've been enjoying the teachings and we've got some resources to send your way. The resources that are going to empower you and supplement the word of God that you've been listening on Kingdom Insight. The first book I want to send to you is uh, The Weapon of Forgiveness. This is a very powerful book that dismantles the tactics of the enemy that sneaks into the people's life through unforgiveness. And the next one I want to send to you is uh, the, uh, the parables of the kingdom of God. You learn in this book the insights of the kingdom of God, the character and the nature of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, through this book, you'll be able to see what the kingdom of God really is about. And the other book is a book titled Revisiting the Foundations. Psalms 11 verse 3, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I want to send you that book. Obviously, you'll be able to see it on your screen. God bless you. Shalom.